This podcast is brought to you by Clean Cup Coffee, 100% organic, non-GMO coffee delivered straight to your door. They're not just coffee beans. They got all sorts of coffee products from soaps to candles. Place your order today at cleancupcoffee.com. You got any questions or comments while you're listening? Feel free to use the hashtag RacesRecap. If you want to see the video versions of this podcast, check it out at RacesRecap.com. Look forward to chatting with you. Hey there! What do you say there, world? Welcome to the Races Recap. I am Justin. Hi. How are you? James Earl's back. Hey! <laughs> so excited. The seal clap is coming out in the first five seconds. And, of course, our, our newest co-host, Mr. Corey I'm, Cool. I'm Corey Cool. Yay. There you are. That's it. Just came back from running marathons. <laughs> James came back from being doctor, and uh, I just came back from playing video games. So <laughs> <laughs> we're all doing some cool things in the world. <laughs> James, we missed you. What's going on, bud? Oh, unfortunately, I had a death in the family last week. Uh, my grandfather passed away, um, and I was I was back with the family, spending some time with them. Oh. Well, uh, we definitely missed you, and we're glad that you have taken some time to come back. And I just want to kick off this episode with an apology. I don't do this often, but I will do this. Floyd, I apologize. I watched your recap. Team Fun has a recap on YouTube. And they kicked off the show for the first five minutes talking about Floyd actually studied and knows every single flag in the world. I called bullshit on it because I don't believe there's any way that you can memorize them. There's too many that look similar, and there's so many countries that are just like, there's like 20 countries that are not even sure if they're territories or countries or whatever. But he said he did it, so he said I could I, test them. I Floyd, I want, right. I want you to know how big that is, Floyd. Like That's like the first time I've ever heard that out of his mouth, and I've known it for like two years now. <laughs> it makes me excited. I'm going to just like, if I'm ever going to meet Floyd, I'm going to show up with like six flags in my pocket and just pull them out and be like, what is it? Yes. Name this. He's like, rapid, rapid fire ambush. Be like, what's this? What's this? What's this? Oh, you, you don't think we're going to have him on at some point? And test him? Come on. I'll start with Panama to make it easy. <laughs> there you go. No, and then I want Angola. Angola, go what what no uh so it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun season i think uh let's do a quick one uh, overall thoughts on this episode in 140 characters or less i'll go first so here where do i care to start I, I talk too much this is too hard for me justin um i think it was an exciting episode with um some dramatic twists and i liked seeing the people start to show their real colors mm-hmm. okay testicles somebody wrote in the chat room <laughs> let's not go there just yet we'll get to that at the We're end of the episode <laughs> Corey, what do you what do you think of the episode in yeah the- I, I love the episode i mean i i don't mind teams getting bunched up at uh, a roadblock or a detour and i think that makes it exciting and i i think it's much more interesting to watch when everyone's competing head-to-head uh, than when teams are spread out. So yeah, I, I loved the episode and I loved how often the the places were changing throughout the episode. Yeah, it's definitely something we're going to get into for sure because uh, we like that. There, even though there was a bunch up at the airport, uh, a couple of teams got six different flights and I, I definitely want to get into that. So overall yeah. thoughts, uh, we, we start off the, uh, the episode with a full intro. Did we notice the full intros and how boring they were? Well, yeah, but they're always boring. <laughs> 
Because, I mean, no, like, do you remember how awful those are to film, though, personally? Like, it's like six so hours awkward. of shooting for, like, two seconds. <laughs> like, you're sitting there, and you're yeah. doing this pose, and then you're doing this one. And, like, they make me and Mom do the angry face, like, what you knew they weren't going to use. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure awkward when you're filming those. Tyler and I were just, like, sitting, and they kept, like, rolling the camera up to our faces and then rolling it away. <laughs> like we weren't allowed to do anything but smile. We, we weren't allowed to have tough faces. They were like, you're too giggly. You're too silly. Just keep smiling. Uh, but well, I liked uh, Brooke and Scott's. They had a little playful with Brooke jumped into his arms and Becca and Floyd, of course, had a little personality. You can't not yeah. have, have personality. So those are the only two that had any sort of style. Everybody else was just like, <laughs> but I'm glad there was a full intro. Diana yeah. is here in spirit and in the chat room. She will not be on video tonight, so she will be chiming in the chat room. So check Diana out there. Hey, D. Hi, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> so Team Fun. Team Fun is the happiest team ever. Could that be possible? Are they going to be happier than Amy and Maya? Amy and Maya. So I... And is oh Shamir. Hello, hello. Sorry about that, guys. Had a bit Shamir, of technical difficulties. That's okay, Shamir. Actually, we're going to do your interview at the end of the episode. If, I just sent you the link if, if you're welcome to hang out and stuff. But I didn't know if you had to, wanted to chime in on as we're going along or if you wanted to just save your stuff till the end. I'll leave that yeah, up absolutely. to you. What do you either, either way? What do you think? All right. Well, I think the best for us, because I think uh, some of us might feel uncomfortable talking some stuff smack when you standing right there. <laughs> you know, we're going to we're going to be honest about how we feel about it. But we're also going to let you say everything that you want to say and give our honest feedback on that as well. Sounds good. All right. I appreciate that. My man, this is going to be interesting. I've gotten a lot of tweets about this so far. All right. So where were we at? Team fun. How fun is team fun? That's what team fun. About. Could they possibly be the happiest team ever? And is being happy important on the race? I so, go ahead, James. Earl. No, no, all you, all you, um, you were team happy. So go. I was going to say, yeah, as, as one of the teams that I guess was team happy for the majority of the, the race, I think it is super important. I mean, I know that, it's a, it's a tough race and there's a lot of twists and turns and you're all tired. And I think that was a huge motivator for me and Tyler was just to have as much fun and to be as happy as we could the whole time. So, uh, James, you were kind of on both sides of this. You were team happy for a while, but then team don't talk to me for a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> we started off team happy because we were super rested and then we got a little hangry and it stopped being team happy. Uh, I think it just depends. Like I think right now it's super easy. You're in the first and second lead. No one's like a few teams have been eliminated, but you're not really feeling that pressure yet. So it's, I think it's easier to be happy towards the beginning. What do you think, Shamir? <laughs> um, being happy important? I think being happy is important, but sometimes, you know, you get caught up with oh, that pressure and the tension of the race and the adrenaline's pumping. And all you're thinking about is, you know, making it and not getting eliminated that, you know, that becomes secondary. I think it's definitely important. And, you know, they do edit it. So you see the drama, you see the, the frustration, but they don't show the parts where, you know, we're taking in the, you know, the scenery and, and locations that we visit. Well, of course, they, I mean, they can't show everybody getting being happy uh, all the time. They got to show some of the drama, but they also can't show anything that didn't happen. And trust me, I was the, I was, I, I had a blow up bigger than the one that you had. They just didn't show. And we'll definitely talk about that uh, <laughs> when we get there. And, uh, and the difference between it not airing and yours airing. And we'll see how it played out. Um, 
I think fun is is definitely important. Uh, Diana is definitely team serious. She was not about having. Uh, she was about team focus. Team stop dancing with everybody. Justin, pay attention. That that was uh, Diana for sure. It's. Um, I think it takes okay. that balance because I remember watching your season and we got to watch half of your guys's before we left. And it's like, I saw the episode of you dancing when you guys were doing the meet and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> if you watch as positive and as happy as Tyler and I were, we like never hugged like the people when they gave us our clue, <laughs> we snatched it and ran like as happy as we were. I'm like, I'm not going to dilly dally. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, then what about uh, Scott and Brooke? There's an optimist and a pessimist. Is it good to be balanced or should you, uh, both people be optimists? Which one are you saying is an optimist? I, I have that question myself. Well, in the cab, Scott said he's an optimist and he said Brooke's a pessimist. So uh, maybe he's not an optimist, but he claims to be an optimist. Is being an optimist important uh, or should you always look on the bright side? And is, pessim- is there a place for pessimism? Because Diana's the pessimist and I'm the optimist. In the race, I think you have to be a realist. I really do. Um, not necessarily look at the negatives, but you're in a race and need to make realistic decisions that'll help you win the million. Mm. Yeah. I think it's just finding a balance. Honestly. I mean, I think Tyler and I both certainly had pessimistic moments. I usually try to live my life being more optimistic. And I know Tyler looks to me sometimes to pull him out of a negative situation. So I can only imagine how hard it would be going in with a stranger and not knowing how to balance each other out, especially you're only on leg two. So we'll see if they start to balance each other out as far as Scott and Brooke go. Uh, That's uh, we haven't seen, uh, we haven't seen something that we, they had uh, everybody had to book their flights at the same exact um, travel agent, but there was six flights going out. I haven't seen six flights in years. And uh, how do you think uh, six flights, do you think they meant it to be jumbled up like that and to finally get some more airport drama? Or do you think that, uh, was a just good games play somehow. I don't know. I think they kind of did because if you look at it, there's a split shot when they go to that travel agency where it says opens at 5 a.m. and the first team that left was 11 what 55 11:15 something like p.m. So there was a plenty of time for every team to get to that travel agency before it even opened, which I think is why you had some of the shakeups and you had some of the problems. Because you remember when we would book our own flights, that would happen as well. So I think they planned for that to happen. Well, let's get to it. Shamir, you had an issue there. You were speaking Spanish. You were right up front. You thought you were right on the first flight. And then, boom, it's like you get on the second flight. What do you, What happened? Yeah, we were actually one of the first teams to get to the travel agency. And, you know, I start speaking to this woman in Spanish, and she was an elderly woman, and she was typing super slow. So she initially tells us that she has, you know, she has this confirmed for the flights and then says that she didn't have enough seats uh, and, and so you think she, she was just the first flight. She was just the older lady and just typed slower than the, the other group. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess so. I, I you, know, <laughs> you can hypothesize a million different things and say, oh, was it a coincidence? Was it not? But we definitely were confirmed for the first flight and ended up not being on on the first flight. How much time? Right. Do you, how much time was separated uh, between the flights? Do you remember? I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head now. But I was pretty frustrated because we, we were in there early enough and other teams got on that flight and, you know, she had said, yes, we're good for that flight. And the last minute said, oh, wait, no, we're, we're not. Yeah, and it seemed like this 
this was your frustrating episode. Pretty much every place we went, there was something frustrated that happened for you. In the, but I think, in the I think there's one thing here that the audience never gets to fully appreciate is how the little decisions that you make, just the smallest ones, like affect your whole gameplay. Like, say you hadn't gone to that lady. Let's say you'd gone to the one next to it. Your whole, your whole day might have been different. And it's the same as, like, getting a bad tattoo at the start of the day. It's just It sets the tone, and people don't realize, like, the small decisions come out to bite you, but there's nothing you could do. Like you weren't, you weren't thinking, Oh, I shouldn't get this lady. She should be slower than this one. And right. it just comes back to bite them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of luck for sure. In our second episode, it was the same thing. It was just crazy when we were leaving uh, Mexico city and it's, yeah, it's like two of the teams were at the same thing where the counter one person just typed faster and they got the last seats on a flight. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of luck for sure. It's uh, it's definitely this was setting the pace for uh, setting the tone for the whole episode and what what was going to happen next. It seemed uh, Matt and Redman and Ashton and Vank were got on the first flight, which it's cool to see Ashton Vank up front and to see how they can handle being up front. And, and we'll definitely get into how they uh, fare during this episode. Um, how do you feel about the agreement between those first two teams, Ashton and Vank and uh, Matt and Redman coin toss? What the? I'm the come on, I'm. I will hold mine till the end, but uh, uh, Corey, how do you feel about this situation? <laughs> it's it's so interesting. I don't know if Tyler and I would have ever made a promise like that. And even as close as we were with Matt and Dana throughout our entire season, I think we both just had an understanding where we would have never made a deal. It, I'm trying to, I tried to put myself in that situation. I'm like, the only ones we would have maybe done that with was Matt and Dana. And I'm like, both of us would have been fine with one person going first and the other person going second. So I'm like, we wouldn't have ever done that to begin with. And even if Matt and Dana did that to us, I wouldn't have cared. So you can tell that the teams are already starting to like build the dynamics, not only with themselves, but with the other teams as well. What do you think, uh, James? I think it's brilliant um, from, um, well, from, from one standpoint, from Matt Redmond's standpoint. So I think it's kind of brilliant from them because Justin, you know personally that I <laughs> I would I would go back on an agreement. I'm like, yeah, let's do that, totally for sure. Yes, and, twice, <laughs> and backtrack on the drop of a hat. So I think Matt and Redmond played a ton of smart because I do think Ashton and Vank would have stuck to the deal. So if they got there first, they would have flipped the coin to you. Hey, I did their second. I have a 50 50 shot. I did their first. I'm still going first. Right. So from their standpoint, I think it's brilliant. It sucks to be Vane and Ashton in that standpoint, but it's kind of brilliant from Matt and Redmond's standpoint. Now this leads to, can any team trust them now that they know what happens? And does that matter? I don't think it matters. <laughs> you trusted me again. <laughs> That's true. Corey, what do you think? It's, I mean, yeah, it's so interesting. I'm just like, I don't ever see this being something that we would have like gotten into or something that would have happened. And I mean, I felt like even by leg two, there were teams we were already trusting and teams that we weren't trusting. So I'm like, it, it just depends on who it would. I, I think Matt Redmond can definitely tell people like what happened in their standpoint. I, I wouldn't be too mad if somebody did that. Well, let's look ahead. Next episode is the double U-turn, double blind U-turn, it looks like, right? So yeah. uh, do you think this is going to affect the double blind U-turn? Well, they showed. Yeah, Matt and Redmond already had a target on their bat for that, so that's not going to change anything. Right. And, I mean, it showed kind of in the, in the preview. It, it looks like somebody's U-turning Matt and Redmond. I guess we'll wait to see. But 
<laughs> well, I'm I'm looking forward to some U-turn drama, especially that first one where everybody tends to play it safe, and there's usually not as much there. I, but there's going to be three double U-turns this season, so going to be looking forward to a lot of that. Uh, it was a uh, pretty it was pretty interesting actually that they showed the agreement between Van Ganesha and Matt and Redman, but didn't show that. Um, Brooke and Scott, myself and Sarah and Seth and Olive um, decided to actually caravan it together to the Hello Park. So we made an agreement as well, and we actually kept it. And uh, the order that we got in our the order you got in the van is the order that you the order the, the order that we got in our cabs was the order that we sign in. Oh wow! And um, Sarah and myself were the third team to get to the Hello Park. Um, I think. Uh, Seth and Olive might have been behind us, and then Brooke and Scott. Um, but we all went together, and we didn't go back on that. And did you just do it to save money? Um, no, I think we we did it to just make sure that you know if one of us knew where we were going, to just go all together and kind of like set that up since it was the second leg. Kind of like maybe not officially form an alliance, but yeah, have have some teams that we can trust. So yeah. I think you know Matt and Redmond going back on, on their agreement so early in the game could could be like something that would potentially like come back to bite them. But like you mentioned, they already had a target on the back because they're such a strong team. Yeah, so. I, def- I definitely see them as a really strong team, but I think this this is going to come back to bite them at some point, whether it's somebody – but I know how playful Redman is. I just don't know how much he could play this stuff off and how long that playful act is going to keep up when he does stuff like this. Well, yeah, he's a little more aggressive-looking than me, so I can get away with that, right? I just, <laughs> I just like, do a little silk lap. <laughs> well, I needed somebody I could trust, but damn, it was just tough. Oh, it was tough. Flesh heart, you shouldn't have trusted me. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get to the D store. Keep the beat or move your feet. What, which ones would you guys have picked and why? So mom, mom and I would have gone keep the beat just because I, I did band and I was in like college drum, uh, college drum major just like Floyd was. So we would have gone to that one. Like no, no questions asked. Yeah, pretty easy. What about you, Corey? We hands down would have done move your feet. I mean, you guys saw how we always opted to build things and, and that would have been right up our alley. Yeah, I think that would have been a really strong one for you guys. I think we went building attention to detail because, one, it was like muscle versus skill. And whenever there was a muscle versus skill, if the skill wasn't right up our alley, we went muscle. And uh, Diana's great with attention to detail. So I think that's the way we would have won as well. Shamir, which one would you have chosen? <laughs> uh, in hindsight, looking at it, it was quite funny. You know, when I heard what the other um, side of the detour was and the other team told me that it was building a gym set and it was a boxing gym set. You know, I, I used to box and I'm obviously at the gym a lot. So why did you kinda, pick it? Kinda, I was kind of kicking myself. Uh, both Sarah <laughs> and myself kind of went into this and pretty much said that we were both not great at building things, which of course <laughs> is, is definitely something that is required for the amazing race. So we decided yeah. to do the keep the beat. We figured that we could do that. You know, it seemed easy enough. And, you know, they show us kind of getting frustrated. And uh, I cut my hand on the drum from trying so many times. But what actually happened was we were one of the first teams to get there. And we started in the practice area. And as soon as we get there, you know, we put on our outfits. We go down to the practice area. And the people were just so nice. Like one of the guys that was teaching me how to play, you know, asked me where I was from and I told him I was from New York and he's like playing these beats from 50 cent songs and like laughing and <laughs> having a good time. But we don't realize that you can go once you're done practicing and line up and start 
start the detour. And we actually ended up staying practicing for longer. Oh than God, show. such a rookie and mistake. I, that was my one thing. So I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's my one thing I told mom is like, whenever we do things like that, like you just do the practice stuff just to like get them to be like, okay, you can go. Like I never stayed in the practice area longer than they made me. Like I literally would show up to the practice area, like kind of go now. And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, just let me know when I can go. Cause that's when I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, so, so that. That's definitely something you got to be aggressive at all times. And sometimes you get caught in, in, in the like, like looking around or, or just caught up in the wonder and the awe. And, and sometimes it's good to, to, to just let yourself chill. But I think it's the adrenaline. You got to just listen to it and just always be on a sense of urgency. So do you think that this was a balanced detour? Do you think one side was clearly easier than the other? Or do you think that uh, – I think that for, personally, I think this is pretty balanced. I think if you had the skill on one side, then you can get it a little faster. But – not many people have those skills. I think it was. A, guys- I think it was a good roadblock, and I think some of the teams on the uh, move your feet side actually played it kind of smart when they were trying to hold the water because the water was the trick on that side. I don't think many other mistakes were made other than the water. So, I mean, I think it was a balanced uh, detour in, in general. Not too interesting yeah. to watch, though. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's definitely not interesting to watch. The most interesting part was watching people at the uh, beating the drums, whether they were having a good time or getting hurt. And those are the only things that were interesting. Building the stuff wasn't as interesting. The, the only interesting part about that was a little bit of gamesmanship where people were blocking the water so you could, they couldn't see them dropping the water and using the pail. So I like the gamesmanship that came up uh, with that as well. And also hurt elbows. That was an interesting part. <laughs> Oh yes, uh, uh, was that was that, was that what happened? Brooke, Brooke fell. Brooke fell. She fell on, on the way to the detour. She fell. All right. Well, let's talk about Brooke. If we're going to talk about Brooke, uh, if we're going to talk about um, Shamir getting hurt and complaining, I think Brooke complained more than Shamir did this episode. How do we oh, feel yeah. about Brooke and her uh, her elbow? I'm- Is Brooke the new flow? I said that last week. <laughs> did you really? I didn't watch really? last week. I oh, we, are, we are on the same like page. I said, Brooke is the new flow. I said, I was thinking, I'm like, her arm better be in a full cast in the next episode after she, the way she was talking about that elbow. Yes, because, I mean, if Scott beasted through this episode and, and proved that he is the right partner for her because well, another partner would have uh, been – I think it would have been extreme problems. Uh, so do we think that uh, it's her, as, as, as she says it is? So a couple of thoughts on this. First <laughs> off, for all the racers that watch this, and Shamir, you're included, remember the three of us have been there. We have lived it. We have been through what you've been through. So I promise you that we're not, try- we're not trying to be mean. But like, <laughs> you, get, you get hurt on the race. You, know, you just got to suck it up. You just got to suck it up and move on. Like, there's nothing more you can do at that moment if you want to win. Yeah, I think on the first the, the, the first big task for us where every single person got hurt was when we were putting the barbed wires up for the pigs and putting the roasting. Every single person's hands were cut because that wire was razor sharp. Do you remember my finger, Justin? Like my finger swelled up to like the size of a sausage because I punctured it. Yeah, I, every single person was just literally like this for days. And anytime you touched anything that had sweat or salt in it, it was stinging. Oh, the worst pains. So everybody's going to get hurt. But I, 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 don't, I think she could have toughed it out a lot more, especially when Scott had to face his biggest fear and a challenge that she could have done with one arm. A little upset with that. But we'll see. I, I, mean, don't, think, I, don't, think, I don't think she could have done it with one arm. I honestly don't no? think she could have done it with one arm. No way. Like no holding way. this like this and just one arm? No way. 
That's, no way. It was so hard. It was. A, we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon it when we get to it, but it was really difficult, and I don't think that she would have been able to do it with one arm. I, I had both my arms and had a difficult time, and I have you know significant amount of upper body strength and had a hard time with it. You know, yeah, right. even you know even some people who are like veterans, like you know at rock climbing, for example, Becca. She killed it. She was like scaling that building really fast, and she even you know spoke about it and said, "Look." It wasn't easy and having it perfectly clean wasn't like just a one shot thing. So I think, you know, Brooke doing it would have been a hard time for her and, and big up to Scott for, you know, facing his fear and Absolutely. getting it done. He definitely stepped up. Yeah, I think that's something that the race uh, forces you to do. Now, you might not do that and under normal circumstances. You'd be like, there's nothing that nobody can make me do that. But once the race is on, the adrenaline and the fact that you don't want to let your teammate down, there's a lot of things that uh, you won't do. Like Seth, what do you think about uh, Seth stopping to get some gloves in the middle of his task and Olive straight calling him out, which I loved? <laughs> I I was honestly 100% okay with it because there were so many times <laughs> where we had stuff in our backpack that could have helped us. And you, and you honestly, you don't know. And it's like, it, I, I, it didn't bother me. I'm like, good for him. If he thinks that's going to help him a little bit, it's going to take 15, 30 seconds, maybe to do that. So go ahead. I don't know. I just know we were go, go get your gloves, go do what you need to do. All right. Well, uh, James, I look like he's reconnecting. Uh, Shamir, what do you, th- what yeah, do you think about probably. that, Shamir? Do you think that he should have ran back and got some gloves? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was a big deal. It didn't look like it would have taken much time, and they still were able to figure it out and finish pretty quickly. So, altogether, well, I- it looked like it took maybe like 10, 15 minutes to complete the task. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got called out on the first leg of the race for not wanting to get my shoes wet, which I think affects you a lot more than just getting your hands dirty. But I jumped in the water after Diana yelled at me. So uh, I just appreci- <laughs> I, I appreciated uh, Diana, um, Olive calling him out saying, listen, the race is on the line. Sometimes it's about seconds. I don't know how long it's going to take you to get those gloves, yeah. put them on, and how much of a difference it's actually going to make. I mean, if it's just dirt and you're scared of being dirty, then forget it, the gloves. If the gloves are going to help you with traction and maybe make it help you faster, then, then I get it. See, I think that's honestly what I thought. I thought it was like a grip thing because that, it was the exact same situation when we were in uh, Georgia threading the candy, which was impossible to do. Uh, we had gloves in our bag the whole time. And later that night, I'm like, these gloves would have made the biggest difference for threading the candy and trying to grip the needle. So I thought he was trying to just get a better grip on things rather than keep his uh, manicure fresh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, how do you feel about um, Scott and uh, Brooke jumping out of a cab in the middle of traffic? Good move or bad move? It's always so tough. I, I don't know. It's it, and it's so interesting when you watch it because y- you don't know. We, we had the same thing in our season where Brody and Kurt jumped out of a cab and it was smarter. And Tyler and I sat in the cab, so I'm like, just just That's whatever. That's kind of why I pitched it to you because I do remember you guys hanging out. And yeah, I think it's, I honestly, it's just like whatever your gut's saying. I think the biggest thing Tyler and I said was like, follow your gut, trust your gut that sort of thing. And, and if you're chilling good, but if, I mean, he and I probably could have ran faster and we figured out about halfway through that we were probably the best runners on our season as far as like distance running. So wow. we, it, I think it, it wasn't necessarily a bad move. What do you think, Shmir? Jumping out of a cab, the right thing to do when you got tra- a traffic? 
Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea. We did it a couple times. I mean, if you think that you're close enough and running's the best thing, go for it. Because sometimes you're actually within walking distance. Like go, getting to the pit stop, we took a cab when we could have ran, and you know, yeah, traffic was a little bad. So I definitely want to ask about that because I pulled up some maps and and I saw the distance. It, it was definitely like a half a mile from where people were. So I didn't know if taking a cab actually hurt those people. So we'll definitely get to that. Uh, James, Earl, we're talking about um, Scott and. Scott and Brooke jumping out of the cab in the middle of traffic, and if that's a good move or a bad move. I mean, they didn't get fur, or they didn't. Where they placed? They placed towards the end, didn't they? So not that. Uh, they were fifth. Fifth. Six. Yeah. Sixth. Fifth. I mean, yeah, they, they lost the place, so. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think I think when I, I think Corey was correct. When when you have you've got to follow your gut. If you feel like your gut is telling you to go, go. It's the number one thing on the race. Two my two biggest mistakes on the race both happened because I went against my gut. I just went with I guess my head instead of what my gut was really telling me. I tried to th- I overthought it. And um and trust your gut on the race. Anybody that's ever going on a race, if you feel it just Go with it. And, and if, if that's the way you go out, then that's a better way to go out than a lot of other ways. So, Roadblock. Um, who, uh, all right, who would do this on your team, and uh, why would you pick that person? Uh, roadblocks. Fear of heights. I would have tried to have done this because Diana is scared of heights. I have repelling experience. I practiced repelling with the fire department right before we went on the race. Uh, so I definitely would have volunteered for this one. So I think between me and mom, mom would have done this first. Um, like if we had, cause if we do, if we go back and never do this again, she's telling me, she's like, I'm doing the first roadblock. Cause she's like a little jealous that we got a little unbalanced with roadblocks that she's done more than me. So her whole thing is like, I'm going to do one before you. So I think she would have ended up doing this one. For, for us, it was always like, uh, if, our original plan was to just go every other unless we absolutely knew like what the roadblock was going to be. And then we knew who would be better at it. So I like something in my gut feels like Tyler would have wanted to do something that said squeaky clean. Cause that's, he would have just thought it was funny and wanted to do it. But he and I both, every time both wanted to do every task for the most part. So I don't know, this one would have been a toss up for us. I think either one of us would have been fine doing it. Yeah, I, I think this task is uh, definitely one that plays to certain strengths. If you have experience with, um, if you have experience with repelling, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely going to help you on the race. And I don't know if there's ever been a season when there hasn't been some sort of repelling or some yeah. sort of uh, way that you should practice. I mean, there are rock climbing gyms everywhere, and I think that helped Becca immensely on this part of the race. And I think uh, also Olive being a firefighter, uh, I think that definitely helps because uh, as, as you know, we'll talk about with Shamir, I think he's muted for some reason. I'm trying to unmute him. He might have muted himself. You want to know one thing I loved about this roadblock, though, was that all the teams could do it simultaneously. I hate the roadblocks where it kind of plugs you up or only so many people can go or there's only like two stations that you can do actual perform on. I love when everyone can just go and do their own thing and it's up to you to get it done. Yeah, it definitely shows that uh, 
teams how teams deal under pressure because you could see people getting faster or doing things better than you or doing faster than you and it ma- makes you take chances and risks that you probably shouldn't take and makes you make mistakes so i love the fact that they were just lined up across the board as people were doing it and i, I love those tasks because there was a, a couple tasks especially in your season uh cory where there was only one or two slots uh, two slots for people and people had to wait and it, and it really affected things absolutely yeah i mean my i was wondering I don't, I'm, it looked from the show like most of the teams that showed up in the middle of the pack could kind of see what was happening and they knew it was going to be repelling of some sort. I was wondering if like the first couple of teams that got there, if it was one of those roadblocks where it's really a toss up and you're like, what could this be? Who is it? Or if everybody kind of knew when they showed up, hey, it's going to be repelling window washing, something along so, those lines. So, so for us, we managed to finish the keep the beat task and you know as you saw my hand was pretty cut up and it was swollen and it, it hurt but it wasn't like a big deal like I wasn't like crying about it like they made it seem like I was complaining the entire time and I, I even said like during the filming of it you know as we kept going I was like blood sweat and tears for the amazing race which they of course didn't show but it's cool <laughs> but uh we we jumped in a cab and we were one of the first teams to finish the keep the beat but I guess other teams that did the the other side of it that built the gym were already done and we're already there and we take a cab and we're looking for for the place on avenida polista and can't seem to find it but then we see like some of the camera crews and the other teams and we immediately get there and see you know we find the woman with the bike with the clue we read it and we see the other teams but we don't bother to look up so, oh my god so we don't neither myself nor sarah look up to see that this is like a repelling challenge because I, I probably would have had second thoughts about it. But, we, you know, I asked her, do you want to do it? She's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I'm like, all right, sure, I'll just do it. And So if you would have looked up, Sarah probably would have done it. Yeah, I think we, I made it, we would have made a decision, and I think Sarah might have done it. But we <laughs> did it. We did it, which was a fatal mistake, uh, which cost me dearly. <laughs> yeah, but, so- uh, We'll get to that in a second. So for all the future <laughs> racers, when you come back a little batch in the past and as someone who was at the bat a lot, just take advantage. Like, look around and be like, oh, what's Justin doing? I can't do that crap. Use that. Yeah. Use it. Yeah, sometimes you just get that clue and you're so excited. You just want to rip it open and get to it because it's like, I got to get this done. I got a bit fast. But if you take a deep breath, look back and see how things are, uh, you, you can was- kind of... I was wondering, like, how often did you guys, I mean, this is for all three of you, like, on the way to that roadblock, especially for you, Shamir, did you and her discuss in the cab on the way there? I mean, you know, you're, you assume you're going to a roadblock and it's the first one of the season. Do you, did you start having the conversations before you got there? Like, hey, I, I might want to do this. You might want to do this. Was there any sort of discussion like that at all? Yes, we did consider, you know, which one of us would take the roadblock and, we're discussing about like alternating between roadblocks yeah. as the legs progress. But in the heat of the moment, by the time we got there, the adrenaline's pumping. We finally oh, see yeah. the clue. We grab it. We rip it open. And we don't even think about it. We're like, who wants to be squeaky clean? I, you know, it could have been anything. And had we yeah. looked up, we would have saw that it was clean windows. But, you know, that's a grave mistake that we made on that. All right, why wait? Let's just let's get to it. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> forget about it. All right, so you had a lot of problems. Uh, I'm going to tell you my initial reaction was uh, I'm from the Bronx. I'm like this mother. This dude is like jacked. He's supposed to be tough. He's up there crying about his nuts hurt. Why don't he just reach down, pick his nuts up, and move them? 
it's possible to just move them. I mean, that's my initial thoughts. Uh, yeah, second thought is it wouldn't have happened if you would have nailed it on your first, second, third try. <laughs> it seemed like it took you five or six tries. Where I Oh, maybe, more than that. Really? So Go ahead, go through it. I'm on, so just we, go ahead. Tell your side of the story. Yeah, absolutely. So we start, and I go up to the top, and – um, Scott's up there with me and, you know, he's obviously nervous cause it's like a huge fear of his and I'm, I'm slightly afraid of heights, but I'm like, you know, the adrenaline's pumping. I'm like, oh, let's just do it. I'm excited. I'm having like a good time with it. And I start down the building, making my way down pretty, pretty quickly down the building for, you know, the first time repelling and get to my window, start cleaning it. And there was a time limit. I think it was like a minute and 30 seconds or something, or I forgot exactly what it was, but there's a time limit to it. And oh, so you had a certain police, amount of time to clean that, that window and then you had to go down. Oh, yeah. Oh. You by a certain amount of time, oh. you had to go down and do it all over again. That changes a so, lot of thoughts. Okay. So I uh, go down the first time and I'm cleaning it and my pulley system just starts lowering by itself, like almost, almost past the window. And I'm literally like reaching up, trying to clean my window to make it within the time. And I end up like below the window. So I let myself down. I go back up. And I tell, you know, I tell production, I'm like, look, there's something wrong with this pulley system. It's lowering by itself. And, you know, am I going to get a time credit for this? And they're like, yeah, we'll talk about it later. That never happened. But I go back up and I start down again the second time and, you know, get to the window again and I clean it and I feel like it's like spotless and it's still no good. So I obviously have to go back down. And the third time I go down, you know, the second time I went down, I started feeling like some discomfort. And I, you know, I joked about it with the guys. I joked about it with Logan. And I started feeling some swelling, but I'm like, ah, whatever. You know, it's, the harness is too tight. I've never done this before. Maybe it's just a, you know, a reaction, whatever. So as I started feeling the swelling, it started getting worse every single time I went down. And the final time I went down, you know, I was in excruciating pain. And I'm telling them, I'm like, look, you guys have a safety line, right? You can lower me at any time. I'm like screaming for them to lower me and there's a mic on me so they can hear me. Cause you can actually see it in the episode when I'm screaming for help and asking them to lower me. And they didn't. And, you know, I was in so much pain that I actually thought to myself, like, you know, mission impossible, like punch through the window to try to get in and take this harness off. <laughs> and, you know, obviously it, that, that wasn't going to happen because I, you know, no one's <laughs> that strong, but in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking of those things. So I punched that window and then, they're like, oh, let yourself down, let yourself down. And as I went to let my, lower myself another floor, the pain just got worse because it just got tighter. And at that point, I just lost it and like punched another window. So I think there was actually like two windows that I punched, but I was in so much pain and they still, still wouldn't let me down. So I finally get down. I'm like, look, I need to go into an ambulance and see a doctor. And I see the doctor and... He tells me that, look, if I keep doing this, I can have permanent damage. And yes, a million dollars is great, you know, divided by two, 500,000, whatever is awesome. It's a great amount of money and it's a great opportunity. But at the same time, being able to have children in the future was something that definitely crossed my mind. And, you know, even being able to have a normal sex life, like that's not something to, to kid around with, you know? No, it's, and, it's definitely a serious thing if if people were thinking that that's what the, the case was at the time. So no people yes, don't the, know the, the seriousness of the case. Exactly, because they showed it, it made it seem like it was very brief, but I was going up and down that building for almost five hours. We were there 
we were like the we're fourth or fifth team to get there and oh. the last, almost the last team to leave. We were there for almost five hours. And, you know, I go to the ambulance for like 20, 30 minutes and the doctor tells me like, look, there's a risk if you keep going that you can have permanent damage. And all I thought about was, yeah, Sarah's out there. You know, if I just quit now, that's kind of selfish. And also, you know, it'd be letting my family down. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep going. What can we do for the pain? And he gave me a lidocaine spray, which my girlfriend's a nurse and said, you should never put that on your genitals. Very bad <laughs> idea. So <laughs> they, they put that on and numbed it for a bit. So you see me get out of the ambulance. I'm kind of like, you know, doing a little dance as I get out because I'm like, fuck it. Let's do this. Let's keep going. I go back up and I have them tie the harness extremely tight around my thighs so that it doesn't ride up into my groin area. And at this point, once I go down, like after a few minutes, the circulation was cut off my feet. So I'd have to go down, take off, take off the harness. And that's why you see me like standing there waiting, like looking up, looking up at the building. Cause I literally could not feel my feet and even walk. Like I would take a step and like fall over. So I did that several times without feeling my feet. And then my, my window was spotless. Like Sarah was looking at it. My window was completely clean. I kept knocking. They wouldn't open. And finally, um, I guess it was maybe like a piece of glue or something in the corner, whatever it was. They gave me the clue and um, we finish it. And I go back upstairs to get my jacket. And, you know, no one said, hey, Shamir, are you okay? Oh my God, we're so sorry for that happening to you. There was no, no like human element to it, like no empathy at all. And I was very disappointed by that. And I pointed it out to, you know, one of the people from production and, I, and, and the, her first remarks were, hey, you broke a window. We're going to have to pay for that. There were people working in that building. Not, oh, my God, Shamir, you were really seriously injured. Are you OK? It was like none of that. And, you know, as we got to the finish line, I was at that point just so frustrated and disappointed you know, that the show that I, I've watched since day one, since I was a kid, that I thought was so magical, would treat me this way, like almost like if I was a prop, and, you know, just a prop that you could just dispose of and not a person. So it was very disappointing. And then to see it and see the edited version of it and how I was painted to be this villain, when in fact, I was in excruciating pain over hours, not minutes. It wasn't like one, two, three. Oh, my God, he's complaining. He went down three times. You know, it was. Right. Dozens of times that I, that I went but, up and down a building. Oh, I, I would. They definitely don't show how long that everything was happening, and and you don't get that uh, through television. But you also see everybody going through discomfort, and anybody that's ever used it knows that it hurts. Um, I think because of of you being a big tough guy, like the people expect more from you, uh, and maybe that's unfair. You know, because they see somebody like you, they should be able to take more pain than somebody like uh, a Logan, who's, who's you know, tall model looking dude, right? Listen, listen man, like I, I used to box. <laughs> I, I can take shots, you know, take punches to the face. But to the you know, getting hit physically, hurting a leg, hurting an arm, hurting your face is one thing. But, you know, you know, any, any, yeah. every man can attest. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. It was interesting to see, you know, co the comments that a lot of men were writing. I'm like, look. If your five-year-old daughter accidentally punches you in the nuts, you're going down for the count. Now, you try, you know, hanging from a building for a couple hours and tell me how I was, you know, being a bitch because I, I was letting people know I was in pain. Like, one thing I told myself was that I wasn't going to cry on TV. I'm like, no, you're, you're not getting wow. it from me. 
And I couldn't happen. stop that. <laughs> I'm the Bronx tough guy too, but uh, I don't. I was crying like a baby the whole time. So let me ask you this: Do you think? <laughs> do you think you could have handled it better? Oh, I think I handled it exceptionally well. Like I really restrained myself from you know the rage and the and the anger that I had and the frustration and the disappointment, all those feelings. I, I really controlled myself because I knew you know my my nephews. We're going to be watching the show. My family is going to be watching the show. And, you know, I honestly thought, yeah, maybe they'll show me stuck. But they really pointed it out and, like, you know, hyped up the part about my balls and, and wanted to keep repeating that over and over again to kind of make that the theme and kind of vilify me, which at the end of the day, it's TV. It's what they're going to do. But it was a bit disappointing that they made it seem like it was, like, such a short thing. Like, you know, I went down once and I was just complaining about it and everybody else did it. And it was so easy and it was so fine because – that wasn't the case. Well, I think, uh, I think we learned a lot about your partner this episode. And uh, I think the way that she handled this would make her your perfect partner. Uh, it, Justin, it, can, she, I say, can I say a few things? Absolutely. I, I just feel like you guys are being quiet because you didn't want to say no, anything. No, no. So just, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I need to say this now because, I mean, you can listen to it later. It's not like you're not going to be able to listen to anything I'm saying. Um, I don't – I'm not – I'm not trying to downplay anything that you felt. I don't, I don't know how you felt in that moment. I don't know the pain you were going through. I do think the one thing I can, there's two things that I could find fault in. If I, if I'm looking at it from a person on TV and watching it from the person who's both experienced things and seeing it from, you know, the audience perspective, the punching the window and you told me you punched it twice. The first time was out of pain, but the second time was out of rage. I, no, they were both they were both out of pain. I literally lowered myself and was in even more pain and okay. was trying to break into the building. Okay, that's so much sorry, that's not what you said earlier. I'm sorry. Um, but that's that's exactly what I felt. Okay. I I, I still don't and They weren't lowering me. I, you know? I still don't know if I can can I don't know if I can how I can respond to the reaction of punching a window. What would you what would you have what would you have done, James Earl, if you were in such pain? What would you have done? I mean, I'm just saying, in led two of my race, I was in the harness dancing on a wall. So, like, I've been there. Like, I know those are uncomfortable. Okay, you, you're, you're dancing on a wall, but were you hanging from a building? And could they have lowered you if you were stuck? So let's say, hypothetically, you were stuck on a building, and you were in pain from your general area, and you were literally to the point that you, you just, like, lose it. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm in so much pain. Let me down. And they don't. Yeah. I might crack a win. I might crack a window, but there's no way on earth James Earl Corey would have hit a window. No, like I, I'm from the Bronx. I get it. That's my range. No, no. S, I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with being from the Bronx, and being from the Bronx means nothing to. Well, to I do think with it has a lot my, to do with your swag. I mean, you generally no. on the being from the Bronx, you're kind of always competing with other people because of the rhythm of the city, and you kind of always get you. this tense thing, you know. But but James Earl, what would you have done if you would have been in that pain? How, how would you have reacted? Because it's easy to say, wow, you shouldn't have done that. That looks bad. But what would you have done, honestly? I mean, I've, I mean, like I said, I know those harnesses aren't comfortable. I know. I've been there. Like I'm telling you, I have been there on the race in a harness twice. Like they're not comfortable. And I'm not, I'm not trying to invalidate your pain. I'm just saying that you spoke earlier about trying to be an example to your, to your nephews. And I just don't – I can't find punching a window as – an appropriate response. I just, I don't. What would have been your response? You still haven't answered my question though. My response is, is just keep doing what you're doing. But punching a window is not within my realm of appropriate responses in that situation. 
It's not. And that, the number one question that oh, – well, number one, number two or three was, did you get penalized for breaking two windows? Do we get – I think he's frozen. Oh. He might have froze. Yeah. I just wanted I, – I know he said that he didn't get time credits for, for sliding down from the thing. I wanted to know if he got um, penalties for – I mean – Cracking two windows. I can. I was gonna say I can talk while he's logging back in or whatnot. I just thought it was. I mean, it's interesting to hear his point of view, and you find out obviously about these people and how he was looking for some empathy from anybody, whether it was production or his partner. I mean, that's just another layer that he had to deal with that we didn't. I mean, at the end of the day, I knew if I was gonna complain or be upset with someone, I could vent to Tyler. And he yeah. was going to have my back a hundred percent. Right. didn't know Sarah's perspective and he didn't know her well enough to think, I mean, even if they jumped in the cab when they're going to the pit stop, if she's going to say, man, that, that sucked. I'm sorry. You got the raw end of the deal. So, I mean, it, it does add another layer that I think a lot of us didn't necessarily have to experience. I don't know if I ever looked to production for, sympathy or, or anything, but I, I certainly knew that Tyler was always going to have my back. And if I said that sucked, he was going to be like, you're right. That sucks. You know, I didn't even think like, about that. that. I mean, that's hundred percent true. Cause I think during the actual, like when he was going up and down, I think his partner um, was Sarah was actually like kind of criticizing him. I didn't think about that. I know. I mean that I thought that too. It's like, she certainly looked annoyed and, and certainly there were times when I was annoyed with Tyler, but at the end of the day, he and I have been best friends for 10 years and, and I know he has his back or has my back and I have his. So it's, it's such a more interesting layer because you don't really know what the other person's truly thinking or feeling. So I, I I'm glad he said that. And I, and I understand how isolated it, isolating it might be to feel so alone on the race when you don't necessarily have a partner you can completely trust. And you're just looking for someone to say that sucked. I'm sorry. You just had a shit situation. And he's definitely not going to get it from the head of security because we all oh. know who that guy is. <laughs> no. He won't even give us band-aids when we're sitting there with bloody hands. <laughs> Suck it up. Okay, guy. I, I dropped off. I kind of missed the, like, the last minute or two. They were uh, talking about uh, you not being – because you didn't have a real partner, you didn't have someone you could turn to, to to give you any sort of empathy. and Or like a partner like we had. Not like necessarily a real partner, but like someone you knew and you bonded with before the process. I right. think that's, that definitely comes to play. I agree 100%. Like, had it been – a friend of mine or my brother or my cousin, like they would have been like showing empathy because they knew me. Yeah. But yeah. I, I agree hundred percent. That. That's what I say. I'm glad you brought up that point. Cause it was something I definitely didn't think of. And then when I stopped to think, man, what would I do if I were in his shoes? And it's like, I, I have a partner that I can turn to, but I've someone I've known for three days or four days at that point. So I, I get where you're coming from with just wanting someone to kind of have your back. And you, it is definitely an isolating experience. And I know there were times when we checked in at the mat afterward and it's like, yes, I had Tyler, but it's like, you just want to pick up the phone and, and call someone from home and you don't get to do that. So I, I understand yeah, so, uh, frustration. Uh, you got to understand everybody's going to see it in their own ways. And some people uh, are not going to be able to empathize with uh, somebody who they think as a tough guy, uh, just because you're a tough guy and people won't empathize with you in general. 
no matter, regardless of the situation. And I think that happens, especially when uh, you're an East Coaster and a tough guy. Uh, having lived it in radio, people in the Midwest do not uh, generally look at us with any sort of empathy. <laughs> so uh, is there anything that you feel that you need to get uh, out that has not been out there? Um, well, it made it seem like I had an issue with Phil, which I, I didn't. And there were a lot of parts that they edited. Oh, the uh, extra footage? No, he's talking about the pit stop. Oh, pet, okay. Yeah, at the pit stop, I threw my bag, and they made it almost seem like I threw my bag at Phil, which I did not. Like, I, I just had it with the race, and, like, just felt, like, just so, just a, a, a range of emotions and just, like, out of sheer frustration, just, like, giving up almost. Like, oh, I'm done with this, and threw my bag. And they kind of edited it almost to look like if I threw my bag at Phil, which I did not. Yeah. Okay. And then when I was talking to Phil, um, like I, I told Phil numerous times while I was standing there that it had nothing to do with him, that I had no issues with him nor, nor Sarah, because Sarah um, in the beginning was, you know, nothing while I was on the building going down, just kept rooting for me. Towards the end, she did get frustrated. And w when she saw me go into the ambulance, she's like, oh, my God, I hope he's not giving up. And I could understand it from, from her perspective that, you know, obviously she doesn't know me. And she's all she's thinking about is winning because that's what she no, – nobody came on the show to lose. And when you see your chances of continuing going to an ambulance, the first thought is, fuck, I really hope that this guy comes out of this ambulance, not, oh, I, I wonder if he's okay, which I can, I can understand. But even for after that, you know, after we finish, we get in a cab, and I, I thought that, you know, she had been down there long enough that she could have seen which direction – you know, the other teams were going. I was like, which way are we going? Which way are we going? And, you know, did you get a cab yet? And I, I felt like I kind of got a little frustrated and kind of snapped at her a little bit, which wasn't okay. And, but then, like, the things that I saw afterward, you know, on, on the interviews that she spoke about and kind of kind of just made, made the facts seem, like, small. Like, like, what I went through was something small. You know, we, we're all friends now, and we're very tight. So she told me um, since then, you know, gave me a heads up as to the things that were said. And, you know, we're, we're, we're friends now. So it's all. Good. And it's all people's immediate perspective of the situation as well. Exactly. Exactly. At that point, this is like two. We didn't know each other at all. So she had every right to feel that way and, and say those things. Although, you know, seeing it and reliving it and then hearing that interview that, that she gave kind of kind of resurfaced some feelings. It kind of hurt a bit. But I know no. that that since then we got to know each other and we're all friends, and that you know it's just a part of it. It's part of the game that people are going to say what they have to say wrong. Listen, and as it happens, I'm mad enough to tell you there's two uh, there was two bonus scenes that made me cry when I watched back, seeing how two how people talked about us. And I actually watched I actually watched it and I cried because it was literally from the first episode. I, we didn't have friends, and and watching back, we thought something totally different. You watch back, it's like holy cow, and it hurts you because you expect more, uh, especially after the situation. But you kind of got to look at it as like that's people's perspective of you, and perception is reality. And being self-aware is something that I'm still trying to master. It's uh, one of the hardest things for me to do is to is to actually be self-aware and and know how the things that I'm saying or the tones and the actions are affecting the people around me. Uh, Not to cut you off. So I know we're running short on time, but yes. the interviews, I actually was sitting on a bag of ice, literally. And they're like, Hey, you have to do these interviews. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And they're like, no, you have to. 
And that's why I'm standing there with my arms crossed. And it's not like I'm throwing a fit. It's just I did not want to be there standing, okay, checking in. And, you know, Phil at one point says, Jameer, are you going to show us a smile? I'm like, no, I can't fake a smile. I can't fake that I'm okay. I just can't. You know, I understand it's television, but I'm not. Like, I'm not okay. And, you know, I was sitting there on the side, and the people from the show came up to me. And, again, didn't say, are you okay? You know, they came over with, with legal and all that other stuff. And, like, it just felt like such a formality because as racers, you all know, we accept the risk that happens, you know, if we fall off the cliff and we die, we die. Like that's a lot of people that watch it at home don't realize that take on all these risks. Like if our arm gets chopped off, so be it. Like there's no, there's nothing that we can do about it. We just have to live with it, you know? Yeah, man. In this case, I was injured and there's nothing I can do about it. And had it been something permanent, there still would have been nothing I could do about it. And well, all I wanted was empathy, yeah. which I didn't get. There are there are some people on the Amazing Race who could tell you that there there are have been uh, three players who have run with broken legs uh, during the race. To uh, one of them being the sweet scientist who who won the Amazing Race and ran seven legs with broken legs. So it's uh there's there's, some, there's a lot of people uh, have gone through some some ish uh, on the race and uh, they're not as as sympathetic or empathetic as we would hope that they would be. Um, we hope that uh, you you think that you were treated fairly at least on this show and we will always be honest and give our honest opinions and our views and if i'm ever wrong uh, you're always welcome to come on here and speak your mind and Shamir, just to clear the air between you and me like i i'm not faulting you at all um for like seeking the help the ambulance taking your break none of that okay like you need to take care of yourself because this is just a game at the end of the day Absolutely. I got disconnected earlier. I still have that question. As a man. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can't, I can't put myself in the exact situation you're in, but I think there was other things you could have, do, could have done. You could have tried to wedge yourself in between the buildings to relieve the tension from oh, the rope. I did that. Huh? I did that. Okay. Several times. I mean, you saw, here's my, here's my, here's my counter to you is you saw Logan earlier in that same episode, just you know, a few minutes before you, talking about the same things you were saying, like I got blood going out to my junk, and he's like slipping himself every which way to try to make it happen. I just don't think, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, that punching a window is an appropriate response. I, I don't, and I, you know, other than that, I don't have a better answer from you. I would try everything I possibly could, but I just, that's not in me to do that, and I just, I can't, I can't say from my point of view that that's a an appropriate response. Shamir, did you get a penalty for punching those two windows? No, I didn't get a penalty. And honestly, I should have been lowered off that building. So, No, you should have. If, if you should have been lowered off that building, but then would you have expected a time credit for that? Um, in the beginning, when, when my, my pulley system had an issue, they were like, yeah, we'll look, we'll look at this later, see if you get a time credit, because it lowered by itself. Right. It was defective from the beginning, and I made them aware of that. So they knew that there was something up with it. And, you know, when I was stuck, they didn't let me down, which I, I thought was really messed up. And I was in so much pain that I was, like, trying to be like James Bond and, like, smash the window and get in the building so I could take this fucking harness off. No, we get it. That's, that's the amount of pain no, I was in. That I wasn't even logically thinking. We totally understand you know? what you were doing. Just, just you got to understand that there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to agree with it. Of course, I understand that, you know. 
being at home and you're sitting on your couch, it's easy. And, you know, as a fan of the race, it's easy to say, oh, my God, if I was doing that, I would have done this or I would have done that. But when you're actually in it, it's, it's tough to say. Like when you're in a certain amount of pain, you're not thinking coherent. You're not thinking logically. Like, yeah, punching your window may not be the best option. But in, at that time, it was like my only option. I was literally trying to break through that window to get inside the building. You know, not, oh, let me punch this window to express my anger. It was more like, let me punch this window, see if I can get into this building. Because I'm in pain. <laughs> Right. And see if I can get some relief. But yeah. Well, you didn't get through the you didn't get through the building, but you did make it to the next <laughs> leg of the race, and uh, it looks like the yes. it looks like the next leg. There's a little more drama that that goes down. We're definitely looking forward <laughs> to seeing how this plays out. Um, we really there's appreciate more drama to come. We really appreciate you being on uh, on our show with us, and uh, hopefully we gave you a fair platform to uh, share your side of the story. I really appreciate all of you guys, and thank you so much for having me on your show. All right, brother. <laughs> Good luck to you. Bye. Thanks. Later. Uh, so, guys, uh, where were we? We were at the mat, and uh, our, uh, not at the mat. We're at the pit, uh, pit stop. Roadblock. Sorry, guys. That was interesting. That was definitely an interesting interview. Um, uh, let's see how things went. So, James Earl, uh, would you punch a window for any reason? <laughs> save a baby. I think we can move beyond this now. <laughs> would, would you punch a window to save a baby? <laughs> Probably, yes. I will punch a window to save a baby, yes. All right, James Earl would punch a window to save a baby. <laughs> All right, so we're on the roadblock. I actually uh, skipped over uh, Scott and Brooke. I, th- I, I, I thought that this was um, actually defining moment for the season for me, and I skipped, I skipped right over it. So I just wanted to go back a little bit. So when she was already irritated, she was in a bad mood, um, complaining, and then she fell and got hurt. That was the time for her to step up and prove that she's like going to be that one that follows through or it's going to be what it is that she was, which was a hindrance to her team and, and more of a, a pulling back from her team as, as opposed to, hey, if my arm hurts, at least I'm going to be the positive force that's going to be driving the team mentally. It seemed like she was not only bringing it down physically, but kind of bringing it down mentally. How did you so feel I'm- about that? I'm kind of split on Brooke on this one because if you look at what she's doing, she's actually still doing it. She's still carrying all that cement stuff. She has like her arms loaded. She's doing the work. It's just, she has to constantly. And I want to say this word very briefly because I know editing helps a lot with this, but constantly talking about her elbow. Granted, we may have seen the five times she mentioned her elbow the whole day, but as a racer, you have to remember, and I remember this when I was racing, like, the camera's always on you, and if there's a part of you that you don't want to present, like, you just got to swallow whatever feelings you have, get to the pit stop, get in that hotel room, and just have your moment then. Yeah, absolutely. She, I was hoping, I was tweeting, live tweeting, and I was like, this is going to be it. How is she going to respond to it? And then you see how she responds to it, and I'm like, dang it. I expected more, but the good part about it is I think that with her partner being Scott, it's going to lead to some good television to watch. <laughs> All right, so we'll quiet, Corey. I, I, I was, I'm processing what you said about, you're exa- absolutely right. It, I was like, 
she's mentioned this elbow every 10 seconds for the last 30 minutes. But you're absolutely right. They could have edited every single time she said it and just put it into that like five minute package or whatever it was. So I get it. I get it. And I just, it's, it's so interesting to watch. And I think especially with the strangers component, we all kind of probably put ourselves in that position and are like, what would we do if we had gotten paired up with a stranger? And I just watch uh, Brooke and Scott's dynamic and, and they both seem like awesome people. But I just know I probably could not be partners with either of them on this show. I'm happy to be friends with either of them in real life, but on Amazing Race Life, I just don't think either of them would be my, my ideal racing partner. Just very different well, I get, I, I personalities. Get I did yeah. that. Here's the thing. I could not race with Justin. I would oh, yeah. murder him. I would murder Justin. You don't even know. Right. right. But I would be really good friends with Justin. And I would yeah. critique Justin on TV and in, and like in race life every damn session. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I like him a lot as a person. I don't think I could race with Bernie or Ashley, but do I love Bernie and Ashley? They are two of my favorite people I've met doing this show. I love them to death, but same thing. I'm like, I don't know if I could be partners with either of them. Yeah. There's definitely some people who would make for tough partners. <laughs> like me and Chris, maybe. Oh, and Logan. <laughs> that would be interesting as well. Uh, so, uh, all right, let's get to, uh, I'm sorry. I'm kind of thrown off from this. So we're at the pit stop. We'll go ahead to the middle, a rainforest in the middle of a city, which I think was really cool. Reminds me of like Central Park in New York, but the Caribbean, uh, Central American version. Um, Liz and Mike, are you kidding me? Liz and Mike get there first. How do we feel about team Liz and Mike, who got one of the worst hashtags, winning uh, the leg? I love this. I mean, I think it really kind of made – us, me, you and Diana kind of eat our words. I think we all kind of last week said the same thing. Like we feel like the teams that finished at the front are probably going to be the ones who are there. And I mean, I loved seeing Liz and Mike first. I loved seeing Vank and Ashton second. I loved seeing teams do well together with strangers and, and kind of flip the whole order. I, I thought it was a great episode and a nice surprise to see Liz and Mike pull this out. I'm all about yeah. underdog teams. Like, personally, I love me an underdog team. And I feel like Liz and Michael um, – I feel like there's three underdog teams in this season that I can point out right now. And it's Liz and Michael, Vink and Ashton, and then it's going to be Beck and Floyd. I think those three, like, they're just – like, they're smoldering. No one's expecting a lot from them, but they can surprise you, which I love. Yeah, those are definitely three wildcard teams. And it's one of the biggest comebacks in the history of the Amazing Race, coming from 10th to 1st. I mean, is there any – bigger you can't really go from 11th to first because 11th is eliminated so the, i guess it is the biggest comeback in amazing race history from 10th to first so congratulations and vank and ashton another one another terrible hashtag team vank and ashton went from seventh to second and a, a team that we kind of look at like is there a possibility that vank and ashton or liz and mike could actually win the amazing race oh um <laughs> you're trying to find a nice way to say it that's why i love you so I, much, James. I was gonna say i would I, if i had to pick between the two i think vink and ashton probably have a better shot i don't know if either team has shown yet that i think they have the full package but i i really loved seeing vink and ashton work together and kind of be on each other's side 
this time. The first episode, it felt like it was two heads clashing. And this time it felt like they already started having each other's backs and even their commentary about the boys um, kind of betraying them. They were already like, okay, let's get them. And I, I loved that that kind of moment brought them together as a team. Yeah. And, I, and this is part of what makes The Amazing Race a, such an incredible show because you can have hugely strong, dominant teams and you're looking at them like, oh my God, they're going to dominate. And then you have two teams who are like underdog teams come in and just win. And, and that's why one of the reasons why The Amazing Race is The Amazing Race. Followed uh, Matt and Redmond, the boys, uh, another third place finish, staying solid, but they got lost. Is this going to be something that you think is going to be what takes them down? And or what can take down team um, the boys? I think the U-turn board is what's going to take down the boys. That sounds good. You don't uh, you think they're the number one target as far as uh, most people looking at? Like uh, they they came in third both times. Uh, you think Seth and Olive or Becca and Floyd? I think everyone else has just enough what appears to be weakness or what doesn't appear to be brute strength to kind of slip by and not be the number one target. Because you only have one male-male team, and both of them really are athletic, like just good-looking bro-type people, <laughs> I think that puts a big target on them. Yeah, I definitely forgot. They're only male-male team, so that definitely puts a target on their back because they stand out over people. Go, okay, so you get to the board first. You have every team that's left. Who are you, you turn I'm. My question is, I'm like, how far into the race is this? Like, if it's leg three – we, as you guys know, had a U-turn on our leg three that nobody used. And, I mean, Tyler and I knew Brody and Kurt were such a big target that we were like, someone else will do them. Let's go for our number two target. That was our strategy. I'm like, everyone's going to go for them. Let's be smart and take off someone else that we think people might not be having on their radar quite yet. Mm. What about you, uh, James? You would have definitely went for the, for the boy-boy team here? I would have gone for Matt and Redmond. If I get to the U-turn board and I can do anybody, it's going to be Matt and Redmond out of this group. Um, I do think there's some other strong teams, but I think right now they're, they're kind of the powerhouse. Hmm. They they're the most consistent so far. Yeah. Well, back, that, to back, threes. back to back Although, threes. Seth and Olive have a better average. Just saying. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a five, so it's a 2.5 they have. It's, yeah. <laughs> maybe you're the average guy. Uh, Seth I am and average Olive. guy. Seth and Olive are the team that uh, I'm looking at that that could be that steady. Okay, I don't think they'll ever be bad enough to be last. Uh, like when they're when they're bad, I think they'll only be in the middle of the pack. They're, that's the type of team that I look at them as. Whereas I look at Matt and Redmond, they have some flaws that you're seeing early on the race that could be detrimental, where they could go from first to last. So I think that uh, um, the boys team has a, a little more chance uh, of getting kicked out on their own merits. So I would have looked at it. I wouldn't have used the next U-turn regardless, no matter who. If it's a blind U-turn, you won't use it? Oh, if it's a blind U-turn, of course I'm using it. But if it's a, a, a blind U-turn, I'm always using it. If it doesn't go against your U-turns, I'm, I'm using it. Why, you have nothing to lose. Use it. I just trying to make sure. Make sure you know your strategy. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out season 30, right, when the three of us are competing against each other. <laughs> make it happen. All mess of a season right there. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's a blind U-turn, and I'm gonna write from Tyler and Corey <laughs> to Justin and Diana. <laughs> That's funny. It'll be just like Kristen Tiffany. You'll do it when you're behind us. Um, right. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> so Team Fun beats out Scott and Brooke in a foot race. Does this mean anything moving forward? Her elbow was hurting. She couldn't run as fast. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, I'll, I defended Brooke earlier, and now I'm going to kind of go a little doomster on this part. So if Brooke, if you ever watch this, sorry, love you. If you look towards the end, and Mom actually pointed this out to me, and I had to go back and check out. If you look towards the end, Lady is like propped up on that elbow, having a good time with the pit stop. <laughs> so she's playing up the elbow. Brooke, we might have to get you on to defend yourself. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. no. I, like I said, I, I do feel like they edit her, edited her talk a lot. But oh, at some point in the time, just like, just suck it up, girl. Just like swallow it, suck it up, and then just like power through. What she physically was doing is just she wasn't verbally doing it. <laughs> right. So, um, so we look at Team Fun, and, and do we think that they have what it takes to win it all? Like, can you be that fun and playful uh, and be like an Amy and Maya and sneak in and win? Because they weren't like the consistent <laughs> favorites at all. They were underdogs. But it seems like Team Fun is a strong team as well. I think if, as long as they can buckle down when their feet are against the fire and then have fun when it's not, I think, they're gonna, I think they will go very, very far. I mean, I, I agree. I think they can buckle down. They did the beat side of the detour. What from look, they edited it to make it look like it was the fastest of anyone who did the, the music. And I mean. They did get on their first try. That was confirmed. Right. And they passed somebody in the roadblock. They got their seventh and they left sixth. So, I mean, they can do the tasks once they're there. It seems right. like in this second episode, maybe they had some trouble navigating or maybe truly the helicopter order really just set up the day. But I think they are a team that can buckle down and do a task once they get to said location. Oh, I agree with you. But what I'm saying is like, not when they're in the middle of the pack, because right now six, Seven is kind of middle of the pack. I'm talking when you're in nine or ten, when you're in that very back of the pack, when you just have to, like, just buckle down and power through. Because we've all been there, and we know, like, and I love it. I love that they're taking pictures with the, the cab driver, and they're just enjoying the experience and having a blast. But if you're at the back, you don't have time for that. Yeah. You just don't. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, here is what the um, the map looks like. So uh, here's the thing: running versus taking the cab. So it's a point six miles here. Uh, is this broadcasting to everybody? So yep. they were here at this park. Mm -hmm. They were here at this park. People jumped out here and went and got in the car, and other people ran down this dotted line. So do you think running versus it's a point six miles running versus taking a cab in that traffic? What do you think? If, if somebody yeah. told me point blank period, it's a half mile, oh, we would have been running. All right, so if you know it's a half mile, you're running regardless. We're running. James Earl, this was kind yeah, of a situation to... on the beach in uh, Rio for us, right? So I have to take a different situation. I have to take a different approach. Granted, mom has been running like half marathons recently, so she probably doesn't put me to shame. Um, <laughs> but like, I always think of that luggage. Like, you're not just running a half a mile, you're running a half a mile with 20 pounds on your back. Um, so that always adds a little bit more in my mind um, because I think the team that took the taxi actually beat the team that ran. Yes. Yes, they did. They did. So that's a, uh, at least in that situation. So uh, I thought I would have been with Corey. Uh, if I would have seen any sort of traffic and it was a half a mile, I'm like, baby, we got this. Let's go. Uh, right. So I may have been detrimental. Um, uh, but, I mean, and here's and the you thing. Know, you have to remember when you get to the park, so the team that's sitting out of the taxi, 
they're ready. They can sprint. If you run a half a mile, your sprint's not going to be as good as someone else's sprint. <laughs> That's true. And I don't know. My thought is I would love to see how close they actually finish the roadblock together because you know it's the amazing race. They're going to always edit it like it's a race for first place. Uh, the bonus the episode, no matter what the bonus footage did have them showing up on the mat during while they were there so while they were still talking. So it was mat chat right. sometimes yeah. during the mat chat, yeah. but I'm, sometimes it's like 10 minutes. Sometimes yeah. it's close. Right. Sometimes it's nothing, but sometimes it's like 10 minutes. Right. So I want to know what time they each got handed the clue, go to your, go to your pit stop and, and, and the, what the difference was there. But uh, yeah, I, I think we, we would have been running. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think running was the way to go for me. And uh, Diana, let's see what she went. We would have ran. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we get to Shamir. Uh, was disappointed at the mat. We, um, I think Sarah, if you saw some of the bonus footage, uh, when she was talking, she got really choked up and tried to be really strong and say the right words. She has a really, really good demeanor about her. And I think that's a really strong trait to have on the race. I mean, I get it. I get why she was having the emotion she did. Like, you, you know how hard it is just to get on the race. Like, we all do. Or maybe not Corey. Corey's probably just like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for us normal folks. <laughs> um, but no. Um, and then, to, you know, have to put your faith into someone that you really don't know. And roadblocks suck when it's your own family. Like, when is my mom doing a roadblock? I'm like, oh, my God, this is murder. Um, so I can't even imagine with a complete stranger. Um, so I get the feeling she's feeling because you're wanting to win. You're wanting to do well. You're wanting to do all these experiences and you're having to put a lot of that faith and trust into someone you've known for three days. Yeah. Yeah. So if we look at it like this, we see the Swole sisters coming in and going home, but I think the Swole sisters gained some fans. If they would have, they would have gotten some more weeks under their system. I think they could have been some of the fan favorites. How did you guys feel about the Swole sisters? I mean, I I was a big fan of theirs. I loved their positivity. Yes, I thought that was such a like serendipitous moment that they're fighting in the street in episode <laughs> one, and then they seemed like one of the teams that was getting along better than yes. a lot of other teams, and they just seemed to be having fun. They had big personalities, and they were just they were fun to watch. And I was hoping that they could go a little further. Yeah, it was I just little... feel bad for them throughout the episode, though, because until they got to that roadblock, they never really even saw a team. And that was like, what, 53 minutes into the episode? I was kind of wondering, like, because they kind of just got forgotten about during the editing of this episode, at least, to try to leave some mystery. But I felt bad for them because you knew, like, you knew that whole day they were feeling it. And they got stuck on yeah. the last plane. And it's just, it sucks to be in that position. But yeah, they had yeah. such a great attitude about it. And that's part of the thing where I'm saying, like, it's a sucky situation that they're in, but you just swallow it. You have a good time and you just enjoy the moment. Yeah. So that uh, kind of wraps it up. I didn't tell you the prize. It was a seven night stay in Barbados. They get to ride a submarine and they go on a rum tour. Liz and Mike, congratulations. They were on a third flight past five teams successfully won a leg of the amazing race. So regardless of how it ends for them, that's something nobody will ever be able to take away from them. So now, nah, seal clap, seal clap. Can we get the seal clap back? We get a seal clap this week, and I'm so happy. The <laughs> seal clap is going to go to Becca and Floyd at the detour because they killed it, and they had so much fun doing it, and it just made me so happy. So they get my seal clap. 
Oh, the seal clap. All right. Actually, something we did not talk about, which I am sorry, uh, the Shamir thing threw me off having him here. I apologize about that. But my super fan move of the of the day was uh, uh, Sarah sending uh, the Swole Sisters down the block. I thought it was the best move of the season so far. She had a little snake in her watching the girl ride around and saying, go, go, go. I love that move. And I think it was the best move of the day and it saved them from being eliminated. Um, what do you guys think about that move? I think it absolutely saved them from being eliminated. And whoever the cameraman was in that like moment deserved a raise because he was catching this while also snaking around with the, the bicycle lady that was just weaving in between them. Oh, it was it was a great moment, and I feel bad for Jesse and Francesca, but, like, from Sarah's perspective, you got to do it. Like, you know for a fact that you were there. Like, you know. Well, we know you would do it, Corey. How'd you feel about it? I was like, I think we did something. <laughs> Mary, you saw us do something similar on our season. So I, I loved it. It's so funny, though, because it's like, uh, yeah, it makes me, yeah, I, I really admired Sarah. I was like, what a move. Like, that takes guts to do, and I, we all are – I think decent people at the end of the day and we all love each other. We love the other racers. We loved everyone on our season and it's hard to do to somebody that you like, but it is a game and, and we wanted to win. So I give her props for doing what she needed to do to stay in the game. All right. Well, uh, Corey, I mean, this is your first uh, real recaps with us doing this the way we're supposed to be doing it. Do you have something? I know. You wanna, I'm like, uh, you, well, I told you before we started live, I was like, I had like 30 minutes to prep for this. I'm like, I didn't get to think of what I get to like give out. I'm going to have okay. to get back to you. Next week, we'll start one and we'll premiere Corey's award. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll look back and see if maybe we'll give him the cock-a-doodle-doodle award or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the the best pun of the episode or something? I don't know. Yeah, that'll be your thing. We'll give you a week to think about it. And if you want to comment below, what should Corey's award be at the end of the right, show? Right. Comment below. That'd be fun. All right, next episode, Zanzibar. I, I love Zanzibar. I love that as a destination. I'm excited for that. Uh, Tanzania sounds like such a cool, exotic place. But there is going to be a blind double U-turn. How is this going to affect Dun, dun, dun. Race? Ooh, double James Earl. How's this uh, blind U-turn going to affect the race? Is somebody uh, that gets U-turned going to be the one that's going home? Dun, dun, dun. Will there be any strategy? Will it be say, hey, I'll U-turn this person and you you U-turn somebody who have already passed? Do you think any teams are smart enough teaming up? What do we got? I know uh, James L is bouncing in and out. Are you around, Corey? Yeah, I'm here. I mean, it'll be, it's, it's definitely interesting. I think the blind U-turns make it hard to – uh, kind of, I mean, at least as far as like Bernie and Ashley knew that we were the ones who used our U-turn, which is why they U-turned us, which sent Brody and Kurt home with a blind detour or blind uh, U-turn. You don't get to see whose face is up there. You don't get to do that kind of sly move. So I, I definitely hope it gets played. I'm interested to see who actually uses it. Um, but yeah. And, and then what happens from there? Like I said, I uh, last week, I just, I, I like when the detours, and you get U-turned when it's something you can recover from. I don't like the U-turn being a death sentence. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fun to watch, so to speak. So I would love to see them get used. I'd love to see people fight back from that and, and kind of 
prove that they want to be there and show that they want to be there. Absolutely. Diana is not on a video, but she is on the chat room and she definitely is going to be putting Shamir in check. Uh, she, uh, that is, I know that's her style. She wrote it in the chat room and, uh, She's going to say to Shamir what she says to me, and I could just say it for her because uh, I know her thoughts. <laughs> it's not a, about uh, – you may have been 100% right, and I agree with everything you said, but it's the way you said it. So, Shamir, it's the way you said it, and it's the way you did it that is the reason that people are upset with you. Uh, I am continuous. I'm 41, and I deal with this continuously. It's my biggest flaw, and I understand it. I it's hard. I get it. So, you will be put in check, Shamir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So is that it? Is that all? Are we done here? Super fan move. Next week's Zanzibar blind story. Yes. Thank you guys, each and every one of you for coming on. Is there anything you guys want to chime in that I skipped over or I missed? Or? We talked about all the points I wanted. Mm-hmm. We, we checked it all off. All right. Well, I appreciate each and every one of you for taking time out of your day. Please click below in the box and follow us on social media. A little thumbs up, a like. Wow. You made it all the way through the podcast. If you want to continue to support the Races Recap, please check us out at racesrecap.com.